Welcome everybody to episode 136 of G.I. Joburg. Did you miss us? <laughs> of course you did. My name is Steve, and I'm joined by my two fellow South Africans. Totally radical Paul for this 90s art episode. <laughs> With uh, a leveled up Rob. It was Rob's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, me. <laughs> Happy <Word>. Rob. <laughs> and Paul Thanks, might have guys. given the game away already, but this is our totally bodacious... 90s Extreme Ultimate Card Art Battle. Extreme! <laughs> uh, extreme! Well, we're not actually considering G.I. Joe Extreme. Ah, damn. So I don't know if we can use the tagline. But we are going to be looking at card artworks from the years 1990 through to the end of the Real American Hero era of 1994. This is stuff that had some winners, it had some stinkers. But it was easily eclipsed by the early stuff, which is why we've never really considered it before. Hence, this episode needed to happen. Absolutely, and it was a transitional phase. I mean, they did a lot of different things with the packaging and the art styles. Like, I think initially, 1990, 1991, it was still very much in the line with the older stuff. But by the end, you know, like, they went force, they went wild. <laughs> yeah, they went full sidetrons on some of these things. <laughs> But before we crack on, gentlemen, perhaps you guys have uh, something new you'd like to wrap your heads around? I don't know. It's, it's been a while. It's always been a while uh, since last we spoke. I know personally I've been concentrating a lot on the YouTube channel. I'm currently away from home base, so it was really important for me to have a lot of footage shot and in hand so I could edit it and release it piecemeal. This weekend past, the weekend before the weekend we're recording, um, saw the publishing of part two of Blazing Sand. I take it both of you gentlemen have, really. uh, have given that a spin? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was actually I quite surprised it. as well. So <laughs> I don't want to give the game away. It's just uh, often in uh, when we when Steve shoots videos or any of us shoot footage, we always show it to each other. Um, and then we sort of give our two cents if something needs to be changed or whatever, you know, we, cause we, we, we are open to it being a, a team sport sometimes. Yeah, very much collaborative. So, um, Steve sent me footage of Blazing Sand, uh, episode two, uh, just to, just check if I was happy with stuff. And I watched it and I, I dug it then. And, um, as a habit, I always watch it when it comes out. I just, I didn't get a chance to this time because I actually fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like such a dog. Um, but then I, I watched it literally in the morning when I woke up. In Paul's defense, uh, we decided <laughs> to good. do a really late publishing on it so we could do a live, I don't know, live chat, uh, a premiere, if you will. YouTube does these yeah. premiere events now where you can kind of get people excited and have them watch with you for the first time. It counts you in. Anyways, in order to cater to uh, North America, really, I decided to set it at 2 a.m., South African time, and that was perhaps a little bit too late for our night owl Paul. However, Rob surprised me, and uh, he he hey. appeared in the chats. I woke up. I woke yes, up. Brother. I was like, "Oh, it's two a.m. I'm I'm up." But I mean, you know, we have to do it for our, our awesome, you know, American audience. You know, that that's where they're American heroes. So it kind of made me wish that the video was longer than seven minutes because. Mm. We, we had barely gotten started on the chat and then kind of YouTube cancels it, you know, it's like it ends. Yeah, it's an interesting abruptly. system. I think, I think we should figure something out to kind of keep going. I suppose you could do yeah. a live stream right after, but then, you know, people have to like shift. But anyway, guys, 
let's start talking uh, technical uh, technical stuff. Yeah, so it was awesome. I'm, I'm, and I'm hoping that our that our fans or that our viewers and stuff like that are enjoying uh, us being a little bit sneaky with our teaser trailers and and stuff like that because <laughs> we we do try to be a little bit misleading. Uh, you know, the, the biggest mistake trailers make in this day and age is that they give off too much, and we. We try our very best to give off as little as possible or to at least get you to draw the wrong conclusions. Um, so we hope that's working. <laughs> I hope that's working. <laughs> Seeing as I've been cutting the, uh, I'm the one who's been cutting the trailers. Nice. <laughs> so, They've been pretty nice. good, dude. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm going a little bit autistic. Artistic. <laughs> mm, <laughs> definitely, uh, pumping the Electro 80s beats. Mm. Yeah, well, man. I mean, making Sunbow so much music for this music stuff. cues <laughs> have that kind of, I suppose, uh, orchestral timelessness. Paul is injecting a lot of very contemporary 1980s sound. So I think the 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 the, the, synth- the synthesis of both makes for an interesting kind of audio journey. You know, you don't have to just listen to me abusing my uh, voiceover uh, range. <laughs> <laughs> or lack thereof. Uh, th- that said, fortunately, Blazing Sand Part 2 featured not one, not two, but three different voice artists. So we're expanding our Do-do-do. ranks. And currently including uh, Paul in those ranks. He tended his mind bender. Um, mind bender was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah, um, uh, who was it that commented on it? Uh, they actually left quite a loving post on our Facebook page. Um, oh. uh, and they, they complimented you the, know the who voice. you are bro you know who you are yeah. it, was so, it was actually so cool I was like oh thank goodness at least somebody enjoyed it <laughs> other than Steven and myself and possibly Rob <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, thank you cool um, but yeah other than that for me nothing new on the toy front which for now is okay it's actually getting me to focus more on my G.I. Joburg duties of trying to shoot footage and just getting uh, into the swing of stuff and whatever's again. You guys, Rob, anything mm. new and exciting on your side? A new Funko Pop? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop outing me as a Funko Pop fan. Nothing new recently. I've, I've been kind of, yeah, also kind of just in, enjoying life and going to all these amazing locations with Stephen. Like, I thought I knew Cape Town. You I don't. I Cape Town. I really yeah. don't. Like, it's like wow. thanks to Stephen, I've been to Celia's Forest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I yeah, never knew dude. it existed. Like, there, there are places I think a lot of people don't go to. At least, you know, and people like me normally. Like I'm, I'm like a stay-at-home kind of guy. Like, now I'm at home. I'm playing my video games. I'm watching my TV series or whatever, making podcasts. Um, <laughs> but it's it's really cool. I, I'm just so happy that our hobby gets us out there, and you know, and, and discovering more of our 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 backyard as were. And you know. I recently, um, because I'm, I'm actually just busy sourcing uh, new work and stuff like that, so I'm meeting with different uh, potential clients or potential s- sort of, uh, let's call them service providers, so that they can use me as an asset for future projects. And uh, I ran into this whole thing started. I was at a party last weekend um, or the weekend before, and I, I ran into somebody there, and I was like, wow, okay, like, we recognized each other and I couldn't figure out from where and we started talking. Anyway, it turns out he's uh, just somebody I knew from back in the days at Anime Works, but uh, we got to talking. He's like, okay, so you're an illustrator and all that stuff. And and then, um, I don't know, I think uh, my friend Kunrod sort of bumped in and he said, yeah, you must check out this guy's stuff. 
you know, him and his friends, they do this thing called G.I. Joburg and whatever. And immediately right there in front of me, he logged on to G.I. Joburg. And uh, anyway, so when I went to go and see him for the meeting, which was about four days after that, he had actually said he had watched pretty much our entire catalog and he loves it. Um, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, it's so cool to see that kind of stuff. He's like, you know, and it was, that was cool to hear. Um, but it was just, it's cool to hear that like guys dig it. You know, even guys here in South Africa who are not, necessarily as au fait with G.I. Joe as we are but he just dug it he just thought like the whole idea the whole concept of what it is that we're doing was a lot of fun so that was nice <laughs> yay shout that. out to that dude yeah He's Dale listening. thanks bro <laughs> so yeah cool and Stephen you, you're getting married again soon <laughs> <laughs> well actually yes um and to the same girl <laughs> wahoo uh if you thought one wedding was uh, was enough, guess again. I suppose when you are involved in a multinational uh, relationship, you kind of got to pay your dues to both sets of family. So mm. after we finish up work in Singapore, I'll be going to Indonesia to have a celebration there with Kim's fam. And then Kim and I will take <laughs> ourselves to Bali for a honeymoon. A long oh overdue honeymoon. Wow. Yeah, well, I don't know. I said on the, the the wedding invites in the sort of the fine print that like, you know, for us, a honeymoon is Netflix and chill. You know, we we see so <laughs> precious little of one another in our kind of daily grind that uh, just time spent alone together is honeymoon enough. But you know. I suppose Bali ain't too shabby either. If I if I if I'm not too picky. <laughs> <laughs> and while I've been here, I've uh, made uh, frequent use of a, a Singapore exclusive um, sort of corollary to eBay, or, or sort of I don't know. It, it follows the eBay model, except it being Singapore and Singapore only. You hmm. have the unique advantage that you're dealing directly with sellers. You can barter with them directly. You can make offers and they can counter offer. And there is no postage because you actually meet up in person. I mean, hey. Singapore as an island nation, it is all very, very efficiently accessible using the MRT, the sort of underground um, train system. So you just meet up at a station, inspect the goods. If you like it, cash on delivery, which I must say is quite exciting to me. There's no waiting. There's no involving the post office. There's no additional postal cost. You see the item. You see the seller. You cross his palm with paper and you go your separate ways. It's lovely. To date, I've purchased a badger, G.I. Joe badger from 1991. Uh, I know this, this toy <laughs> puts people, you know, po polar opposites on it. It is lurid with that green. But I love that. Please. I can distinctly remember it catching my eye in the catalog, the 1991, 92 euro catalog, and thinking this was the ultimate. I wanted this vehicle because it seemed affordable. You know, even to my eight or nine year old mind, I knew that the bigger the toy, the less likely mom and dad would let me have it. So, <laughs> you know, you'd, You'd moderate your expectations, and this was the perfect size, the perfect capacity, you know, one person, solo mission, grinding it out in the dust and the mud and the sand. 
Um, the spring-loaded missile launchers, you could take it or leave it. But what really appealed to me was like how cavernous the cockpit seemed. You were in there in a sort of almost centrally um, positioned cockpit. It was like a cross between a dune buggy and a snowspeeder. Mm. You know, it had that similar like like cockpit canopy cage over the operator. And that just really appealed to me. Having it in hand just further enhances that appeal because it's such a nice so sort of steering wheel. And O-ring figures can grasp it comfortably. It's not going to stretch their thumbs. They sit so nice and deeply into the vehicle. And there are a wealth of like unexpected details. You expect the mold to be pretty basic. And in, in many respects it is. But then so much greater is your surprise when you see a um, petrol cap or the fact that you look into the, the the seating compartment and in the footwells you have a brake pedal and an accelerator pedal. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't. Nice. Really, really cool. The seat is textured. Uh, no, and just to add to that, there's another great little feature, but it's kind of hidden and it's something that I think you only get to enjoy when you assemble it. But it's actually got engine detail underneath its hood. Funny that. I thought the engine was in the back. <laughs> no, it's like there's like engine detail. It's like it's concealed. Like you have to actually pop it open to see it. <laughs> like, yeah, well, there's definitely like something there, and it was kind of a forgotten feature. But like some reviewers, Hooded Cobra Commander seven eight eight included, remark that the the engine detail in the back of the vehicle almost suggests that it should have an engine cover. I mean, the engine is <laughs> exposed for all to yeah. see. Yeah, he's absolutely right. It should. <laughs> it's like in this sunken cavity and it has nothing over the top of it. Uh, and if you are operating in desert environments where there's a lot of sand, that is suicidal. You do not want sand build up on top of your exposed engine. That's just stupid. That's what air filters are for. Um, but yeah, maybe there is an engine up front. Maybe I'm mistaking that for some other kind of detail. Maybe that's the, the servo for the missile launch. No, actually it can't be. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, the missile launcher has a sculpted kind of like ammo belt feeding into it. So maybe, hmm. maybe like it at least takes its design cues from it being a cannon, but it happens to fire missiles as well. And, uh, I'll tell you something else that, uh, I quite like about my badger came with its flag. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's a dig at you, Paul. You got a <laughs> uh, an aerialless badger, which is I got a flagless side. Uh, is, are there meant to be missiles uh, propped on the side there on the top of the roll cage? But of course, like okay, so it's one, two, three. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm uh, looking by the forward way to seeing what other missiles fit those dumbbells because yeah, I I, I don't have the missiles either, and I plan on changing them out. Yeah, the 90s had some um, very cool, like... Well, the 90s tried to be a little bit more modular, I suppose. But the feature I'm talking about, just so you know, is in the front of the vehicle, it's like the hood can sort of open. It's weird, but it doesn't really... It's like, it's quite tricky to do. And I, I freak out every time I do it because I don't want to break the tab. But there's like... <laughs> yeah, there's like a little band. And then there's like this little area inside where you can stash weapons, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, it does open, at least according to the instructions. Yeah, break the tabs every the time. <laughs> yeah, but I love that, I love that little weapon stowage spot. I think it's so cool. It's something that you didn't, uh, I don't see a lot or haven't experienced a lot in the 90s figures. 
<laughs> you kind of make me want to open mine up and see if there is anything hiding inside. Oh, maybe somebody put something extra. But I mean, if you look at the bottom, you'll see if somebody stashed weapons there, because it's kind of, well, it's, it's cavernous. <laughs> weapons nice. and only weapons. It will never be a stash of anything more illicit. This is Singapore, and they will literally put you to death. Yeah, oh. But, um, other than the badger, have you got anything else yet? Uh, <laughs> tomorrow I'm gonna pick up a snow serpent, going for a song. Um, no accessories, oh. but, I do have an open seat on my wolf that I'd very much like to put an operator in there. And the fact that he has no accessories paints him as a vehicle operator because, you know, he's got nothing else to play with. Yeah, and, I mean, just mentioning it, the Snow Serpent has some great artwork on his car, by the way. Ah, but I'm talking about 80s Snow Serpent. There is actually a Snow Serpent from the 90s going for, like, 12 Sing dollars, which is... I don't know, like 10 US, and he's complete, but the seller, Muesli Bar, whatever, hmm. <laughs> he's been a bit tardy in getting back to me. And oh, the right. big purchase, the major purchase, the one on my hit list, and the one that you will never have heard about on this here fine podcast, uh, because it <laughs> is not G.I. Joe at all, but three and three quarter inch scaled, so forgive me, I'm going to indulge myself. I just closed on a shuttle Tidarium, or Imperial Shuttle. This one's from the Saga oh, collection. Oh my goodness. If that means anything to anyone. Uh, and I've, I've, I've seen these in person. I've, I, I'm completely aware of how gargantuan the box is. So <laughs> once again, Steve, um, will be coming home from, uh, from being overseas with, uh, a big box. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank goodness I'm not flying domestic when I get to South Africa. I'm flying literally direct international flight into Cape Town. So I will have the benefit of two items of luggage and uh, won't have to pare it down and take a domestic flyer. Is someone playing with a badger on air? I think Uh, both of you are. I'm I'm (laughs) sticking my quick kick in my badger right now. (laughs) I've got leather make in mine. I've been enjoying Quick Kick lately, so cool toy. I still wanna, I still wanna use those. Um, on the Badger, it's got these two front hooks. These like little, like they look like um, mooring. Uh, uh, part of my pronunciation because it's one of those words my mouth just doesn't like. Uh, it's <laughs> like a mooring clip, and it looks yeah. like you could like buy like rope or something to it or whatever. I'd love to try and figure out what to do with that. You've got a ghost hawk, right? I mean, not a ghost hawk. Uh, uh... Eaglehawk. Yes, I do. Yeah, I can probably use one of those because um, mm. I've I've customized mine as well to have a longer hook. So the only problem is there no there are no attachment points on the back of the badger. That's what yeah. strikes me as odd. It's like okay, you could hook it up in the front, but you know, unless you're willing to have this thing like dangling from its nose. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, that's one of the reasons I extended the, um, the, the winch, the, the, the winch cable on my Eagle Hawk was so that I could get it to pick up the VAMP 4x4. Um, so what I do is I just, uh, cross, cross string it so then it stays stable. So then the hook is at the top, it like latches at the top. Woo, and it looks quite sounds cool. like an episode of G.I. Joe Berg, man. Uh, the YouTube channel, I mean. <laughs> we love <laughs> winching things up. That's the winching best thing to fun. do. It looks interesting and looks different, and you know, you know, other people haven't done it yet. 
Yeah, but don't winch yeah, too much. I set the precedent. I must say, like I, I'd never seen anyone actually transport their transportable tactical battle platform. So uh, hats off, Rob. We did it, baby. Hey, we did it. Cool. Now that we've kept our listeners in suspense, should we <laughs> should we start throwing some art critique at them? <laughs> I think so. Radical nineties style. Ew. It's totally tubular. If you're listening to this and you uh, contributed to our list, thank you. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the the debate that it sparked on um, the Facebook group. Twitter had a little bit of activity as well. Uh, I really enjoy the, reading the motivations people have for their picks. So once again, thank you, community. I asked for nominations and I got, yeah, a royalty. <laughs> of suggestions my way and top tens. I think it's something we collectors truly enjoy doing because we really love this stuff. It's an important way of filing these things in our mind to be able to set apart what we like from what we truly love. Mm. And to try and pay due respects to everyone's suggestions, I literally took them all. (laughs) <laughs> and put them into a bucket. By that I mean every time a particular artwork popped up in anyone's top ten, I wrote it down, snipped it off, crumpled it up, and threw it in the hats. If you want to see the process by which these were drawn, I would encourage you to click on the link in the description below of this podcast. You can pause now. It's a very quick three to four minute uh, video, but if you are curious to see the pics being unveiled, um, feel free to do that. I mean, if, you, if you're killing time and don't mind spicing it up with a little bit of uh, multimedia approach, you know, some in- interesting bonus content, feel free to check it out. Um, it would have been the same link that appeared in the Facebook group thread, and I think I'll probably have included it in the Twitter thread. Um, I will not have made it public. This is not sort of going on a channel in a public fashion. But if you click the link via Twitter or Facebook, you would have seen this video. Or if you click on it now in the Podbean or iTunes or Stitcher uh, episode description. Nice. Paul. It'll be there. It's a link from the future. So, guys, um, I always like to do this. Uh, what was the criteria behind you guys choosing the stuff on your list? I'd like to at least... Give our listeners some kind of context as to why 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 we chose what we chose. We you don't have to go into revealing too much about what you chose because we like to keep that as a surprise. But what were the the driving forces behind your picks? Was it was it purely art driven? Was there a bit of nostalgia there? Was it like wow. you like green and you just chose everything that had green on it, or you know? <laughs> well, I think personally. Um, a lot of my choices were still based on like the 80s like a lot of the earlier artwork was still very much I suppose not grounded in reality but still had that kind of art style so that's mm-hmm. often what I was looking for was kind of like stuff that, that still looked a lot like the 80s stuff um, okay. another thing I really liked was when they included some sort of backgrounds or at least pieces of like not just the figure oh you know, like so a like rock you, or something you, yeah like, like, like for example Rock Viper you could see um you know, there's a bit of a rock face there, and there's a mountain in the background. It's kind of like you placed him into his setting, mm. um, which I, I I I quite liked. And then also later on, I kind of started looking 
at even like this bombastic stuff. I was like, okay, you know, some of this bombastic stuff is actually quite cool. I mean, the art, it's very well drawn, a lot mm. of them. Um, especially, I mean, on my top 10, I mean, my, my number one was, was definitely not uh, 80s style G.I. Joe artwork. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was, he was very much 90s, like just, just out there, like, come okay. and buy me. Let's have it. <laughs> what was it, Rob? Oh, Oh, what was my number one? My number one was uh, was Cesspool <laughs> from the yeah, Eco Warriors. He was a popular pick. He was very popular. He was definitely. I mean, artwork. if you think he was also quite a popular pick, I think if I remember correctly, in our FSS as well. Um, mm-hmm. He was he was definitely on the list there. I will give props to Adam Riches. There's something that he handled in his update of that artwork that I think the original artwork kind of failed at, and I think it was probably because the designs of the water squirting weapons, you know, all mm. the accessories basically came in at a later stage. It feels like there was yeah. a disconnect between the character art, which is excellent, and then yeah. the the rather dumpy BFG. looking, a little bit too clean, yeah. a little bit to- too toyetic uh, weapons, that being the chainsaw yeah. and the gun. Ooh, am I giving the game away? Does this hint <laughs> at the fact that Cesspool didn't make it in? Look, no, well, people, you have to keep listening. We'll, we'll, respect we'll see to the artwork, uh, whether it's in our top 12 or not. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's I mean, it's and all personal popular. choices. Yeah, I mean, it's my it's my top choice. I mean, but I mean, it's not. I mean, my choices are very varied. Yes, I think a bit of nostalgia came in. There's a couple where I was like, I remember this artwork, and it actually is pretty good. And also the 90s had a bunch of stinkers as well, but I think we'll probably talk about that after top I'm 10. I'm pretty sure we'll get into some of those. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, my options are very varied. <laughs> kill that frog, Rob. Kill it. <laughs> Do you need a, a stiff drink, brother? Oh, God. Now I got my tea. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was... Uh, what, I, what I try to do is, especially because this was a 90s-based uh, topic, I... Um, I asked my inner child, well, I, I sort of thought about all of the uh, card art that I remembered when I was a kid and what I thought was cool as a kid, and then I reconciled that with my adult self and sort of with that worked out, okay, do I still like this? Do I still think it's good to this day? Does it meet my sort of more modern artistic sensibilities? Uh, and and that, that kind of thing. And I, I got to say that at least when I submitted my list, uh, I owned every one of those figures save for one. Uh, which I now own, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, but I owned all of those toys, and I, there is a nostalgia side to it, but the nostalgia hasn't clouded the sort of more artistically critical side of me. Um, so that's that's what mine is based on. Mine is based on figures I owned, how they appealed to me as a child, and do they still work as an adult? If yes, they went on the list. That was it. Hmm. Well, I must say I um, I kind of let artistic... Uh, criteria slip by and go Ooh. mainly on nostalgia. Typical. Uh, but <laughs> my favorite artwork from the 90s was one that I hardly ever looked at because I think I'd, I'd somehow lost or gotten rid of the full card back. Most of these guys I still had the full card backs to. This one slipped through the cracks, but I saw it on one of Chris McLeod's posts actually where he'd superimposed it over, uh, I think, the meteorological report of the <laughs> the polar vortex over, like, Chicago. And uh, it said, Sub-Zero wins. 
<laughs> because it was, you know, it was G.I. Joe's Sub-Zero, not Mortal Kombat. And that Sub-Zero artwork is, it is gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it I puts agree. the figure to shame. That is what the figure <laughs> was hoping to achieve. Well, that is not how you do a Parker, my friends. Like, <laughs> the, the action figure, like, pales in comparison to this artwork, which perhaps is how it should be. But, like, yeah, all of a sudden I look at the figure with contempt because I hadn't considered that artwork my entire life. As I say, I lost it early in the game. So I've been gone, going without it for, for my adult collecting life. So to be greeted with it face-to-face again and, and considering it with this newfound artistic eye, <laughs> now that we do these <laughs> card art battles, it struck me as exquisite. And uh, Paul was very quick to describe how difficult it is to get white, um, you know, the various ways of, of, of representing white. You know, you can't represent white as white because it would just disappear. It's... There are blues mm. in there. There are grays, uh, and a, sort of a color gradient between those blues and grays. Anyway, so th- yeah, that is exquisite, and I loved it, and it was my top one. And the rest are all kind of nostalgia picks, like you know, Decimator, for instance, or Rock Viper. These are like cardbacks that I had, which I would, you know, as a ten-year-old, like <laughs> very languid visits to the bathroom, spent like. <laughs> You know, going through my file folder of, of clipped G.I. Joe cards. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> Anywho, guys, the fairest way we know how to do this in G.I. Joeberg, and it seems to be a way that is, has caught on, is to pit these veritable artworks up one-on-one until ultimately we have a expected, or rather unexpected, ultimate victor. Mm. Hopefully, our rationales will be made clear. Hopefully, by comparing them side by side, the stronger artwork or the more exciting artwork or the more nostalgic or interesting artwork will will emerge. And hopefully, we'll wind up with <laughs> a, an ultimate victor. But the process of selecting these was quite random. Popular choices did not have automatic selection. So say uh, Cesspool was the top-ranked or top-seeded artwork. We didn't do the same thing we did with the, the other card art battles. Instead, we just threw him into the, the pot randomly with uh, you know, <laughs> enough multiples to make up a higher probability of him making it through to selection. But still, lucky losers could easily pip him. So, as I say, no automatic selection. We didn't have the same case as we've had in the past. This is a kind of a anything could happen Card art battle. Just like the 90s. Oh, yeah. So without further ado, our two first combatants to enter the ring. It's Drop Zone from the Sky Patrol. (laughs) Versus Night Creeper. Night Creeper. An artwork which I think actually was our top seeded, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Round one. Fight! (laughs) Rob, what you got? <laughs> well, okay, so Night Creeper was on my list. Drop Zone was not. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, I think Paul, that already next. says something. <laughs> <laughs> but has a further consideration of Drop Zone maybe intrigued you? Because I know you said you like environmental factors, and Drop Zone yes. has a few. Like, the parachute is a major 
major yeah, um, elements. It's, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, like the, the, the it's definitely there. It's kind of like it, I suppose, bordering him. <laughs> but what I found interesting or weird about all of, almost all of the Sky Patrol guys is that they never really look like they're actually in the air. Although, I mean, except okay, he's one. landing. It, yeah, <laughs> except for one. But he at least is kind of like landed now and nice. But he's already firing his gigantic, weird-looking gun. And I don't... Well, to me, at least, it, the gun looks stupid. So, I mean, he's got a cool pose going on. It's very rigid. It's very toy-like, though, I think. Well, Night Creeper is very... Uh, I mean, not maybe not dynamic, but, I mean, he's kind of like... He's definitely creeping. <laughs> You know, he. I mean, I really like the pose on him, and as far as I can see, there's nothing wrong with him anatomically. Um, he's holding his weapon really well, and you can see like most of his accessories. And he looks like a mystery. It's like, hey, I definitely want to play with this guy. While with Drop Zone, he's just shouting and shooting. I mean, any Joe can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's steadying a rather awesome weapon, which is one hand of the '90s, but at the same time, he's securing a parachute from billowing away. Which yeah. uh, is unique to the Sky Patrol fellas. Um, props on a more ambitious bit of action. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Night Creeper is just it creeping. Work. It's in the name. Yeah. He's creeping, I... but he's doing it well. He's, he's night creeping. Not at night, he's just creeping. I mean, because it looks like there's a bit of sunlight on the floor. But he's yeah. well, Give us an artistic appraisal, man. Okay, cool. Well, let me, let me start with Drop Zone <laughs> first. Um... My biggest issue with Drop Zone uh, is that it actually doesn't look like it, it. It looks like he's just landed, like he's just hit the ground, um, firing it. And I, I kind of feel like with the way the parachute and everything is going, it sort of should feel like he's still in free fall, or not free fall, but you know, he's popped his chute and he's still on his descent. So that, to me, would have been a much more interest, at least for me, would have been a more interesting um, visual. And uh, if you look at some of the other Sky Patrol guys. They have more of that going for them, mm. uh, which, like, I'm I'm more of a fan of. My favorite of the bunch is actually Static Line because he's still on the side of uh, of a vehicle. He's just about to jump out, and I, I I I will always remember that card because when I was a kid, I saw this and I was like, wow, this seems so futuristic and stuff. You know, there's just something about that. He's like, he's jumping out. It's like, uh, dude, when I was a kid and I saw Static Line's card, I was like, well, where's the plane? Where can I buy this plane? <laughs> I want the plane. I don't want the figure. I want the plane, man. Exactly. This vehicle, Steve. They never, they never made that plane, okay? Sky Patrol are a bunch of paratroopers with no troop transport aircraft. Yeah, it's n- nothing to jump out of. <laughs> tantalizing. They all came with working parachutes. What did they jump out of? You can't say a Sky Raven. Hilarious. No. Definitely not. Um, you could die. <laughs> you will die. You will die. But um, the cool thing about this artwork, and it's something that I feel Sky Patrol has done the best. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Drop Zone is a motor viper, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, he's a Strato Viper. Strato Viper, there we go. So very apt. And you don't see that in the card art. Nothing about the card art tells you that this is actually a repurposed body. Um, and, and same with the actual coloring on the toy until you actually look, or if you've had a motor viper, strata viper, or, you know, etc. because, uh, you know, Sky Patrol uses a lot of reused parts. I gotta say, the artwork is really, really good at that. It really disguises that. And I think it's why Sky Patrol doesn't suffer from, like, sort of Tiger Force syndrome, as I like to call it. 
Look, unique heads and accessories will go a long way. Mm, and totally. say nothing about the foil parachutes. Like, Sky Patrol definitely was the subset that felt like it was giving you something extra. Definitely. You weren't no, just the rebuying the same figures. Exactly right. And that, that was the thing. It was special. It felt sort of futuristic. And pardon the term, but then again, the 90s, futuristic was okay. Um, my issues with this artwork actually stem from that left arm uh, holding the chute. Uh, it's firstly, it's really badly bent back. Um, and if you are trying to secure a shoot and your arm is doing that, well, I'm somebody who has lightly torn my shoulder before, and that just looks like that's exactly where that's going to go with that figure. It looks very uncomfortable. It actually looks like he's screaming more because of his arms being sore than him actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah, my arm, not ah, die, Cobra. Stressful um, situation. The Though, dude, I will yep. once again, like, you know, now that we've done these things a couple of times, <laughs> and I feel like I'm a bit of a veteran. I will say that he's he's having to fit the format of the card design, you know. Yeah. If you extend that arm up past the GI Joe banner, then it's anybody's guess what he's doing with his hand. At least it's you know everything is in play. All the elements are there. It's all visible. It's all neatly within the limitations of the uh, you know, the yeah. logo, the accompanying figure bubble. And then the other issue I have is that the silhouette of this, like, and it happened to me actually when I was looking for the card art, because I, I went through the Sky Patrol stuff as well. Not that I had all of them, but I was just looking at them as I was looking at, st at Static Line. And the the silhouette, the, the general image, just always throws me off. That parachute bugs the living shit out of me. Sorry, but it mm. does. It always has. <laughs> it's cool that it's there, and when it's cropped, it makes so much sense. But in the context of it being on the packaging, it really irritates me. I, I think it frustrated the artist as well. I, I don't think the, I think the artist feels great that it got signed off, but I don't think he, I don't think he's particularly happy with it. Whereas if we jump to the Night Creeper, the Night Creeper is full of win. Uh, in fact, the Night Creeper is so accurate to its toy in so many ways because it's got, you know, oh, let's put it this way, the artwork does things that the molding can't. Like, for example, it shows the softness of that, of his like cloak, I mean not cloak, of his hood. It shows that side of it. It shows how what his armor actually is. That it's just the three metal plates. It's not this like big thing stuck to his chest. It hints at his sword being on his back. That kind of stuff. It just it enhances it, and it's a creepy pose. You know he's ready to get you. I I far prefer the Night Creeper uh, from a technical point of view, and I like it. It was one of my nominations as well. Oh, full reveal. But it was one of my <laughs> nominations, just because he's such a sexy card art. And, you know, even when they did that G.I. Joe video game on the on the phone, they used a lot of the, the card art as placeholders until they had uh, gotten the new artwork. And the Night Creeper was always one that just fit. It just mm. suited, it just sort of, it married well with the rest of the other artwork, which was a lot more, which was a, of a higher fidelity than the old school stuff. And the Night Creeper, as far as I'm concerned, should totally win this battle. Drop Zone, <laughs> without the parachute and without the arm sort of breaking back, I think it would have been a, a, a much more interesting artwork. Just those th two things pull, pull it away from me. Because other than those elements, even the helmet, it's a bit dumpy, but aside from that, there's some, there's something cool with his face and all that, but I don't know, to try and beat this Night Creeper, mm -mm. it's going to take a lot more than what the drop mm -mm. zone had to beat Night mm -mm. Creeper. Mm. He's definitely the man to beat. Uh, so, drop zone gets splattered all over the drop zone. 
<laughs> Night Creeper creeps forward. I will add this much, Paul. Um, another thing that the art gives a, a, a better understanding to that, 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 that the toy kind of still leaves to your imagination is the opacity of the faceplate. Yes. You know, it, it looks yeah. on the figure like it's a Cyclops visor. Here we yeah. see it is a clear, you know, you, if, if there wasn't a sort of reflection glinting off it, you might even catch sight of the wearer's eyes. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting choice by the figure design to not have just like eyes within a kind of a, a goggle, like you would find on the classic eels. Eels, you yes. can see the eyes, yeah. but it's assumed <laughs> that there is a, a sort of clear face plate over those eyes. They just mm. couldn't, they, you know, technically they couldn't do it back then. But with Night Creeper, the opposite is true. It's a solidly molded and painted piece. No eyes underneath, but it's supposed to be transparent. Boom, there you go. But all that is just conjecture at this point and fawning, unnecessary fawning over Night Creeper because he advances the Cobra Ninja into round two. Round two. Next up... Sorry. Next up, we have... The ultimate October Guard member, Red Star, versus an enemy Cobra from the same year, the Cobra Flamethrower Incinerator. Incinerators. <laughs> Apologies. Incinerators. Yep. Trademark. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that trademark. Okay, <laughs> I... I say red star i i don't know guys wow. I mean, i'm kind of making this up as i go along uh I, you know it might it might flip-flop depending That's on which you day you ask moment, me but you know red star i love the fact that it makes a bfg so much more manageable and so much more like yeah that is that is a good accessory that is the accessory bazooka wished he came with back in 1985 instead of that piddly little <laughs> you know thing with the the shoulder strap like what is <laughs> that that is pathetic you know red star's got a proper it looks like an upgrade to the rpg7 it's got a similar mm. kind of conical projectile but it's got an updated optic system uh, a better shoulder rest you know because an rpg7 is just like a tube with two handles on it isn't it mm. And it shows off that incredible minigun, dual minigun accessory. I mean, he's looking cool as ice and ready to engage with both, you know, close quarters weapon and his man portable artillery. I like the fact that there's a, a back blast coming off the rocket, something that I hadn't noticed before. And, hmm, yeah, the card art definitely makes the two additions that I made to my action figure. Which is hmm. painting his cap, the red stars, and his belt. You know, getting those red stars red. Yep, red star for me, boys. This Whoa. is a funny one for me because <clears throat> I like. There's a lot of stuff I like about it, but I just it's the, the double Gatling guns are a great weapon, and you know I'm so glad that they're not firing. Okay, because everything's always firing on some <laughs> of these card arts. Like every gun. Weapon ready shoots. Yes, every gun will shoot. But okay, thankfully his his Gatling gun is fairly modest. It's it's ready. You know he's ready to shoot with it. It's just it, it's so jarring for me. It's just it, 
I don't know. It just looks so cut out. Like I understand what they are trying to do, and and I I honestly think um that this extra Gatling gun may have actually been a, a sort of an addition, because something about it just feels like it was cut out and then pasted over like a print of the original artwork. So they got the artist to like repaint that part, repaint that, like make that, and then yeah, they, it does feel like that. <laughs> they they like comp- comped it in, and he. Okay, listen, I mean, testament to how strong he is, he can stand while launching a bazooka with one arm, no doubt. Uh, that's, <laughs> that is, in itself, is an impressive feat. And, I mean, you know, the guy's going to go blind in the left eye. I mean, you know, because the kick on that thing is not fun. But, hey, you know, that's... It's pressed <laughs> against his shoulder, bud. It definitely is, but it's still, like, it's still going to, like kick of it it's still gonna oh, he's gonna have a black eye let's put it that way i don't know if he's gonna lose his eye but he's definitely gonna have a black eye i mean because the kick on that thing is I, i'm pretty sure it's substantial especially if you're standing and not kneeling as you should be um <laughs> but uh yeah there's a lot of technical things about this artwork that are just right but it's just not as cool as the incinerator's artwork i can't explain why i had an incinerator as a kid I don't Same. even really love the toy. I don't even think it's that cool a <laughs> toy. But the artwork sold it to me. I was like, toy, eh, artwork, wow. Toy, eh, artwork, wow. So no. I bought it. <laughs> it's a cool you know? toy. Well, the cool textures okay. on it, let's, let's, let's be fair. I mean, it's got yeah. that kind of metallic glint on the yes. armored portions. And then it's got like the texture of the snakeskin, like extremities his like his thighs and his biceps yeah no that stuff is is cool it's amazing There's maybe some i just am a fan of the more understated kind of cloth wrinkles that you get with red star yeah but anyway i've had my say Paul's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's pretty much evident where you're going i'm going incinerator baby because this thing is just such a cool artwork and i love that gun uh, that gun is it's so dynamic and the proportions you know, and the perspective and stuff is is right. I mean, the hand Are in the front romantic, could be a little Paul? bit better. Are you Am feeling at all romantic? Is your woman perhaps in attendance? She is close by. Yes, Because yes. if you crop fire. the, uh, if you well, that too. But if you crop all the incinerator's head, you got quite a, yes, a, a beautiful little heart there. Yeah, <laughs> I think they were going with like a snake cowl, but yeah. really, it just looks like a heart. Yeah. It has always looked like a heart to me as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it also sort of reminds me of a of a chess piece for some reason. It's just got that vibe to it. Or a um, deck of cards, hearts. Yes, yes, yes yeah. Like Is that where you're going? Suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's it gonna no, be, Roddy? I... You say incinerators, bro. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna edge towards incinerators too because incinerators. The hell with you, both. Was on my top ten. <laughs> but <laughs> and don't I think you guys the posing think... is more dynamic though, and it's yeah. nice that they kind of yeah they got the detailing of the the flame retardant suit, you know the kind of the, the stippling of it. Um, and I've always just, just enjoyed the look of the yeah I've always enjoyed the look of the incinerators. Like yes, I think Red Star is very very cool, but he's very I don't know he's just very boringly posed. He's standing there firing the missile. I, I I like the the dynamism of of incinerators, but you know yeah. they're gonna be losers and they're gonna be winners, Stephen. Um, unfortunately, this time your choice lost. Also, Red Star goes red hot. <laughs> <laughs> and he as gets a closing, burned as, a, as also as a closing remark, the odd and I'm and I'm sure this is they did this on purpose, but he could look a bit more Russian. Okay? He could actually. Like, he doesn't look like, Russian. Paul, what does that mean? Vodka. 
he does look a bit American. I don't know what it is. And, and maybe it's not, you know, but he just, I don't know, it's just something. Oh, and he's got a very, very big shoulder. Like, if you look at this <laughs> well, artwork properly, If you were one oh, hand wielding a dual minigun with an ammo belt coming off the back of it, you'd have a pretty big shoulder too, my friend. Yeah, I mean, that, that head is a bit off kilter. Like, that's actually, the, I think that's the thing that bugs me now that I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my word, his head is a bit too far to the right. <laughs> if you're looking at the end. Oi, like, well, oi. that's the foreshortening, bro. Pulls off to the right side. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, incinerator, weapon ready shoots, takes this one, hey. <laughs> yep. Burned red star up. Our third matchup is Road Pig Supersonic Fighters from 1991 versus Free Fall from 1990. Another paratroop figure, but this time not at all affiliated to the Sky Patrol. Erroneous. Do 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 do. It's Rob's turn to go first on this one. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, you, you jumped. You were so excited about uh, Red Star earlier, so. Okay, well, I, I guess I'm gonna have to make up which one I'm excited about. <laughs> what I like about Road Pig is that a, a lot of the subsets, often when they they'd do the pictures, they wouldn't include like the backpack, the ridiculous backpack that they came with. Road Pig comes with his backpack in his artwork, and he looks. Why wow, he looks angry? <laughs> He's really like angry. He's like. Rob, I'm gonna dispute that. Didn't all the supersonic fighters have their backpacks quite prominent? Well, I think supersonic fighters, but there were there were other subsets I remember looking at that didn't have them in there. Maybe not supersonic fighters, but there was like another one that had backpacks. Well, sound attack. Uh, I think I'm sound attack. I mean sonic fighters. Sonic yeah, sonic fighters, fighters yeah. which is weird because those were attached to the figure. You couldn't remove them. Oh, no, no. Well, the, here, the ones with the attached separate. ones were um, Talking Battle Commanders. Yes, Talking yeah. Battle Commanders. Talking Battle yeah, Commanders, that, you don't see their stuff in the artwork. The artwork yeah. isn't... And it's like, but that's that's a lie because you can't <laughs> remove them from the figures. Yes, you can if, if you, you know, unscrew it yourself, which is what we did with, with ours. Um, but, like, here, you know, it's it's it, they didn't have to put it in, but they did. Um, which which I quite appreciate, and the card art has like cool like circles and shit going on there. He looks really angry. I love that. It's a nice change of pace to the kind of the the stony faced, very stoic, imposing, but still like you know rather inanimate um, original card card art that Road yeah. had back in '88. Mm. This is like, yeah, we get to see those teeth, and they are nasty. <laughs> mm. oh, damn. And yeah, he just looks really awesome. I think proportion, he's, he's, he's quite cool. Um, you know, he's really muscly. Yeah, I actually kind of like it. Um, and then free fall, I like it as well because I mean, it's it's a very it's very different from other poses we've seen. It's a bit weird. He's kind of like waving at you, like, hey, hold up, hold on now, don't Where's do anything my weird. Shoot? Yeah, Jesus, but that guy in the background stole it. <laughs> 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 the gun feels like an afterthought though like I, mm. I don't know what they're doing with the gun and I think the artist didn't know what to do with his legs to kind of <laughs> get the pose looking good because if you just look at his legs you're like jeez that looks looks uh, I can't weird. wait to talk it looks so weird um, you don't have to wait from... to talk Paul talk bro <laughs> yeah you can definitely talk but I'm <laughs> gonna edge towards road pink just because it's more 90s and exciting while free fall is yeah He's free falling. Because he's free, <laughs> he's falling. 
if this was an episode about the goofiest, possibly most uncomfortable artwork <laughs> in the 90s G.I. Joe card art, this would definitely be on my top three. <laughs> he is I'm glad you said his, it, bro. He looks so... like It's like he's jumping for something and he missed. And his legs are so goofy. And it drives <laughs> crazy. Because it's such a cool toy. But it's such oh, a, an awkward artwork. And he's just like... Everything we just said earlier, my, where's my shoot? You know? And that gun <laughs> is just disgusting, and those little feet are oh, just so stupid. Oh, Paul, you are so, merciless, dude. You know, people I, uh, really like this artwork. This people was a really popular, do like popular this. pick. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. It's got nothing to do with your taste. It, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing your taste. I mean, you can like what you like, and... Yeah. And and that's all good. And if you see the charm in this, then actually you are benefiting. I'm the one who's losing out by not seeing the charm. But I just can't help but lost my ass off at this thing. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to Road Pig. I love that somebody decided to strap a crap book pro on Road Pig's back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because this guy, they're like, what can he do well? Well, he can break stuff and he's really strong, so let's strap a computer to his back and have him go <laughs> forward. And I love it because all they had to do was actually use the original artwork from the 80s and just paint this, this the same semblance of this backpack on him and it could have been, like, done. It would have been awesome, no problem. Replace the hammer with this gun. But they're like, no, let's make him nasty 90s villain. Let's give him a piggy face. Let's make him <laughs> creepy. He's just, he's so gross. And I was like, oh, and I remember when I saw this as a kid, I was like, yep, this is the one that I want. I don't know why I looked past Falcon and Psych Out. Okay, now I know why I looked past Psych Out. But, uh, and, and Dial Tone, because those are amazing Sonic Fighters. You know, I looked past Major Blood because David had him already. And, yeah, and Major Blood was the first one to be bought for me as well. Like, something about a jet backpack. Mm. it's so cool and, and, and I've recently sort of acquired that toy or recently I got him sometime last year and I was very happy I'm just very happy to be reunited with him uh, but this road pick just it, it was just like I need this big horrible kind of bruiser in my collection not knowing of course that in the comic books he's portrayed as having some something of a of a split personality uh, where he sort of jumps between complete meathead and then absolute sort of you know, uh, he he gets very Shakespearean and, and stuff and, and almost very logical and then, you know, shifts back to being a complete oaf. Uh, but I needed an oaf and this artwork sold oaf to me. And I love it. I love the colors. I mean, this guy, this was just so 90s at the time. Trading cards looked like this, you know, X-Men mm. cards looked like this. Mm. That was like the trend. So, and I still dig it today. I actually just wish it was bigger on the card box. I mean, these boxes, these these card backs were bigger. So it would have been awesome if it just. It was gigantic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, you know, whoo whoo, it's the sound of the police. You know, he's got his like two little <laughs> red lights on his back. You know, I don't know, maybe he's like downloading something or the porn alert is on or whatever. But yeah, I think <laughs> it's it's way better than the free fall artwork. <laughs> By by uh, by a long stretch. Uh, is it anything you can say? <laughs> uh, well, here, here's looking at you, Dell. Um, Road Pig looks like Gary Coleman on his '88 card. He looks like Gary Coleman in his figure sculpt head. 
he does not look like Gary Coleman in this artwork. So immediate points right there. <laughs> this finally really gets to grips with the ferocity that Road Pig's character should evoke. He's mm. absolutely terrifying. I mean, there are uh, references to his hygiene regime, <laughs> his tooth cleaning regime on the card back. I'm so thrilled that you get to see those gnarly teeth. I mean, this guy is bad, bad, bad news. Think of them like, like the most intimidating, scary dude you've ever seen. This is that. This is, you know, mm. G.I. Joe going to a really, really bad place, which ironically is somewhere where I, I'd like to play Dreadnoughts always. Like, these are mm. not soldiers. They do not wear a uniform. They abide by their own code. They don't even have a code. They don't have rules. They don't have a flag. They don't give a fuck. They are bad dudes. They will murder, pillage, rape. I mean, there were some suggestive themes in Blazing Sand 2 that one commentator picked up on, and maybe everyone else picked up on, albeit subliminally, but like, the Dreadnoughts have no honor. You hmm. should not... You can appreciate their design and their place in G.I. Joe, but I seriously have a problem with people who root for them. Like, you should not be rooting for these guys. They are extremely bad news. Mm. This artwork establishes Road Pig's place as one of them. You know, Definitely. I can look past the sound backpack. You know, any, all the elements that would make him a joke, like the tan can complexion. I can look past all of that thanks to this artwork. It's the artwork that elevates the figure and the personality. Um, and yeah, free four's legs are so naff. <laughs> Paul, you said it, pal. I mean, that's like, I, I, I can't believe people who, well, you know, as you said, um, it, it's, it's not an attack on them, but, uh, I do feel like people have overlooked the lower half of this card in favor of, you know, what is a very exciting scenario. And, yeah. you know, the brush strokes of the paint are certainly beautiful. Oh, it's a beautiful painting. Yeah. The anatomy yeah. is doing some flippy dippy chippy stuff. And I'm not hip to that. <laughs> and it's such mm -hmm. a great mugshot on the back of the card art as well. When you see it at the, at the back, it looks cool. It actually looks cool on the back of the card. That yeah. the free artwork. But just when you see it on the front of the card, not so much. In fact, um, does may create yeah, a bit of a Paul, if you if you yeah. interrogate it slightly deeper, he's got his mouth open. What's he shouting at? You know, if he's a yeah. <laughs> an experienced jumper, he surely knows that like unless you are right on top of the person, like you're jumping in tandem, you're not going to be able to shout at anyone. Like that's why they use hand signals. You know? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean the the mouth open. That's just to add some dramatic flair. A mouth open always just makes any scene, you know, it's 20% more drama when the mouth is open, you know, when you, and it's a good way, I mean, you'll see it, it's a current, it's a trend amongst a lot of the G.I. Joe artworks, uh, Road Pig's mouth is open, Mirage's mouth is open, even, uh, Red Star's mouth was a bit open, Static Line's mouth is open, it just, it's always that, I'm gonna jump into the suck, I'm in the suck, Except I'm in Free Falls case, he's catching it's bugs, dude. You know, he's like, ah, <laughs> protein! <laughs> but, well, it uh, sounds like, it sounds like Free Falls hit the ground real yeah, hard. Splat. Yeah, Him and Drop Zone. We got something against, uh, paratroopers, paratroopers. clearly. <laughs> well, 
and 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 also just this is just for our South African viewers and for those of you who are willing to troll YouTube to find this, but something about free fall reminds me of Mr. Chinwag from Kiddio. <laughs> Don't know and what you to... are weird, and we're moving no, on. <laughs> Road pig advances. <laughs> and next up, we have <laughs> rock and roll. What was the joke? I missed it. Damn it! I was you know, all business. No, I got it. <laughs> but this one, next two, matchup, we have definitely entered the 90s. Oh, like, yeah. We are going to stay in the Supersonic Fighters for our first pick, and that's Rock and Roll 1991 Supersonic Fighters, man. And he'll be fighting fellow G.I. Joe and DEF member, well, supposed to be DEF, but then made a battle call, Mace. Undercover operative. It's quite obvious from his artwork. <laughs> <laughs> well, that said, Rob, do you want to get us started, buddy? Absolutely. I know you're um, a fan. He's got a stealth gun. <laughs> Betty, he's he's on, being swung around. He's on my top ten, actually. You're out of your like, mind. By the time I started looking at at these guys, um, like I was like, I was fully into the '90s. Like this is a figure that I think I would have picked up if I'd seen him because his artwork is it's so over the top. But it, it incorporates everything he comes with. Like, the, he has the pretty rocket launcher, and like out, like, like Paul said earlier, all the guns are firing. Yes, <laughs> yes, there's, there's issues with like, uh, his body is a bit, you know, he's bending in a weird direction, and the guns are, are all over the, you know, all over the place with their sizes, but he looks interesting and like menacing, and like he's ready to, you know, stealth gun shoot you undercover. <laughs> <laughs> But it looks amazing. And then I look at Rock and Roll. Hey, Rob, do you still want him? I think I do. I think he looks... I think, I think Rob wants him more I want, now. I want, I want oh. the artwork. <laughs> well, a carded version, in other words. Because uh, last yeah, time dude. I checked, there was one on uh, Carousel. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Finally, I have my uh, an undercover agent. Chuckles and him can go on missions. Awesome. <laughs> <I just laughs> stealth gun. gun. His stealth Mega gun. Sky <laughs> and then I look at rock and roll, and like the first thing I notice with rock and roll is where is his left arm? Mm. Like I don't know where it is. Like I assumed that he was holding the other side of this big gun of his. He's not. His left arm is just completely gone. Um, the artwork is very well drawn. I think. I mean, you you get to see his gun on his hip, which you can attach. To his hip, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, if it included the that gun. If they included it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, the backpack obviously is, yeah, it's there. Um, and they made sure to, you know, to kind of twist his body in such a way that you could definitely see how cool his backpack was. Don't you um, think it looks silly that it is undersized? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it looks it shrunken. I mean, you know it to be an enormous honking thing and it would very much obscure the figure or obscure yeah. the artwork of the character if yeah. it was scaled correctly. And if you know how it's supposed to attach the gun. But its diminutive size looks too small in this artwork. Yeah, I know it is. I, it, it, it I, is. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't look like you could accurately use it as a, a stand for the weapon. Yeah, you might as well just put it on a shelf, you know, like rest the gun on the shelf. I mean, if you're doing that, you're still going to be lying down with the gun anyway. Um, but I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going. I'm going with Mace. Um, going with Mace. Rock and roll it still looks cool, but um, I, I definitely want to get Maced. Well, I'm <laughs> going to start with Rock and Roll, dude. 
Nice. Because to fix this artwork, all they had to do was make that metal floor pattern on his backpack stand smaller. That would have definitely helped with the proportions of it and, and, oh, you know, very good. have swayed us. That's and, smart. and, and maybe, I don't know, like keep the red lights fine, but take the buttons off. Um, the, but I, I hated that. It always took me like away from stuff. You know, when you see or saw the button for the play feature in the artwork, that always, I, it always creates like a separation in, in my, my head, you know, like I can't, I can't reconcile it being a realistic or a, a, a sort of a depiction of realism. Um, it, it actually feels like the toy's been painted. But mm-hmm. this poor rock and roll, I'm not entirely sure why he's grinning. I know it's for drama, <laughs> but I'm not sure if it's because the little backpack is like so heavy that it's causing him back pain. Okay. Oh, poor zoom in. That's not a grin. He's gritting his teeth. Yeah, he's upset. He's really upset. I mean, he's, I don't know, he just looks <laughs> upset. And then, or, or he could be angry that he can't put his gun into the backpack and that's why he has to carry it. Or, and this is the best one of the three, he's trying to shove this machine gun in something's backside. Because it really <laughs> looks like he's ramming something in there. He's like, I'm going to get it in there. I, I feel sorry <laughs> for the artists as well because they had to cut the end of the gun off, at least gun in the off, package. Right. You could actually take Road Pig's artwork and put it in front and like sort of have like rock and rolls like shoving it into Road Pig's back. Oh god. Yeah, it could be really <laughs> awkward. Now it's a it's a pleasure, listeners. It's an absolute pleasure. You can thank me later. I'm healed till Thursday. Wow, where are you going on Friday? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I have to have a day off, right? <laughs> um Guys, this artwork actually has a lot of technically good things going for it, to be fair. It's actually well painted. His human proportions are actually good. The gun is actually, it's really well painted. Those things are a pain in the butt to paint and to get it, to give it as much character as it's been given. Uh, it's just a pose that is extremely awkward. Um, and I think they actually would have benefited more from showing off the figure in its actual play pose, standing on the base and shooting this gun. I think that would have been... Uh, the winner, I think that would have definitely, I don't know, to me, just cemented it. I also have to confess, I really hate this version of rock and roll, and I hate this version of rock and roll because I was exposed to the early one from the 80s and really, really, really wanted that toy, and this was the booby prize, and I could never pull the trigger on getting this toy for myself because it always felt like a booby prize. It never, it never came with a shotgun to put on his leg, and the new gun, although kind of cool, was never as cool as the original. Um, and the artwork definitely reinstated this, definitely said, nope, this is a new toy. It's got this backpack. It's got all of this. It just, it never worked for me as a kid. Um, Mace, there's a lot of stuff that's wrong with Mace. Uh, <laughs> like, like his two guns are very similarly sized. Um, and I actually think that they could have used that same dynamism that was found with the with the incinerator to make that M16 or three. I think at that time I think it was a 340 carbine or whatever it is, a little bit better looking. Um, the guns' proportions are completely off because when you see them on the web on the gun, you know, on the weapons tray at the bottom, you're like, well, that's not a handgun, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, the boombox rocket launcher. Yeah, it, it almost, it, it, like, if it didn't have an explosion, it would feel like somebody threw it at him. <laughs> but, and, <laughs> and I have to be objective here, and, and it is very difficult for me to be objective here. The rock and roll is actually the better artwork, to be honest. 
And uh, my vote's going to go towards the rock and roll. I know. What? It's a... That's what? it? Yeah, it is a bit of artwork, guys. It's just, there's so much happening with Maze. He looks so uncomfortable. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, look, Rob, hats off to you for, for finding appreciation for this figure. I'm surprised it didn't have more support out there. You were one of the few, but it got in anyway. Um, nice. Rock and roll wasn't one of my picks, but I got to pick it because, you know, I know it's got problems and things that particularly bug me as fan of, of toy, you know, first and foremost and art appreciator as like a distant second, but it didn't mm. come with a shotgun. The MG that he's wielding, it's just dawned on me. It is a rejigging of kayak stalker's gun. Yep. Can anyone else see that? Yep. The handle is facing the wrong way. It's got an additional handle on the side, but that flat top and the stem at the bottom, I feel like the artist had that for reference, which Mm. would mean that there's a large spade-style grip on the back of the gun, and that is where his right arm is. It's kind of... It has to be pulled way, way back because the gun extends quite... Oh, sorry... Yes, his left arm <laughs> is being used to ha- to wield the the grip on the back of the gun, which is yeah. you know positioned quite a bit further back. I love what his face is doing. I think Paul's uh, drank a bit too much Coca Cola. Um, <laughs> no, the facial expression is good. It's just very intense and just in, the, in context. The work with the on his skin artwork. tone is great. Uh, he looks mm-hmm. like you know sun kissed surfer boy mm-hmm. who's now in the shit. Or a drunkest surfer boy, either way. But then again, if you look, but that's if you're looking on the internet. I think if you look at the card art, it's not as pink in hand. Um, having the card art in my possession, well, not in my possession currently, but I have the full card back at home and I poured over it a number of times. Like his skin tone is pretty close to the supersonic fighter's Mm. pink. I mean, it is, yeah, he's, (laughs) he's definitely got a a, a tinge to his skin, which I, I quite Mm. like. Um, Mm. it adds character. That bicep, that arm is huge. I like I mean, it. Rock and roll should be physically cool. imposing. He he often get his, gets his thunder taken away from him by the fact that, you know, roadblock was a thing by 1984 and he was the heavy of the team. And then there was gung ho, you know, before that. But rock and roll, yeah, the original 82, 83 figure sculpt didn't do him much favors in terms of making him physical. But if you look at the size of his pipes on his 1989, 1991 sculpt, Whew, he's big, dude. He's got tennis balls in that arm. <laughs> it's huge. Anyways. Um, yeah. So rock and roll takes it. Sorry, Robbie. No, don't that's you think, fine. Don't you think Mace's code name should be Brace, you know, for his neck? <laughs> yeah, because like I, when I actually looked at these, I was looking more at the art than at the figures. Like, yeah. And I just realized looking at his page in Yojo... I didn't know this, but his 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 rocket launcher attaches to his helmet. Helmet, yeah. <laughs> you still want him, Robbie? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the ultimate '90s card art battle. It's a journey of self-discovery. <laughs> Your opinions will flip-flop multiple times during the listening Absolutely. of this podcast. So who's who's up next after Mace got maced? Crimson God Immortal versus Cobra Commander Battle Call 1993. 
Uh-oh. AKA Black Suit Cobra Commander. Ooh. Who's into abseiling? Shit's gonna get real. <laughs> Yo, man. So, what do you think, Paul? Who's, who's, who's gonna win here? Um, Cobra Commander, the, the black one, eh? Version 6. Mm. Yes. He's in the air. <laughs> he is so in the air. Oh, there he is. He has arrived. Love this. <laughs> Love it. Well, I like the fact that his, his, our perspective on his crotch effectively makes use of the vanishing point that the lasers create. Hey? Yep. I mean, is there, is there not a perfect, perfect line passing through (laughs) him and up into the the sky? Like literally, there's the laser bolts going up his rectum (laughs) and passing up behind him into the sun. But what's great about it, it is that it's, it's, it, it isn't his crotch is there, but it's not a focus. Because I find with a lot of other ones where where the crotch is like pushed into the center of the piece, like this is lower, so you, the focus is still more on the gun and on his face. Well, you've also got this white hot um, reflection off the the sole of his boot, and mm. also kind of draws your eye. Uh, the cobra symbol I like. It kind of looks retro in a sense. Yeah. You know, because the the vents or the fins are are slightly overt, you know, they're 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 thicker than than the the classic cobra symbol. So there's something kind of like, I don't know, Mike Forsberg about it? Herb Trump okay, about yeah. it? You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's not yeah. completely polished. It's not, you know, Ron Rudat perfection. I like that. I really do. I got a feeling, uh, had Kujo been on this episode, he might have commented on how the three Cobras are lined up. One on the forehead, and one on the chest, and one on the belt. That's all mm, I'm going to say. The unholy that. trinity. Yeah. <laughs> Great intensity from the face. And the fact that it's rag face as well. You've got motion. You've got the, the, the rope. You know, his sort of battle dress uniform. Uh, you've got motion from that. Uh, it has been commented online that, like, no one ever really expects Cobra Commander to be rappelling down with his <laughs> gun, you yeah. know, blasting his shoulder apart, basically. I mean, the recoil on these weapons, like, it is Herculean to, to imagine them wielding these things realistically. But this artist has gone to his chore, you know, with complete investment, hasn't held anything back, and I don't think it looks bad. There are certainly worse implementations of the bfgs like mm. this doesn't doesn't play down its size so it doesn't take the the cop out that the red star artwork had you know mm. making the size of the bfg smaller so it looks you know less like it would actually destroy the user <laughs> or mm. be impossible to wield like this i don't know it 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 works i don't see anything wrong with this i like I it, hate it. But do I like it more than the Crimson God Immortal? Uh-oh. Ooh, CGI is a, a beautiful figure. I think we can all agree. I'll tell you. But the pose just doesn't do it for me, man. It's kind of rather static <laughs> toy soldier dual wielding. Yeah, it's like he's just punching the air. With Cobra Commander, you've got a kind of a a single weapon wield. It's all about that gun and all about his pose. Whereas this, it's about neither. They're multiple weapons and the pose isn't particularly dynamic. 
And I think you guys are just going to echo my sentiments, right? Right, 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 right? More or less, actually. <laughs> uh, the Cobra Commander is my winning choice because if you had never experienced Cobra Commander before and this was your first time picking this toy up off the shelf, then the impression you get is that Cobra Commanders are actually quite badass and, and in a lot of ways sort of tantamounts to somebody like Hawk, you know, that he's actually in the thick of it with uh, with his fellow troops. I mean, we all know this uh, to be untrue, but it's just cool to see Cobra Commander being taking such a, a sort of an action-based role. Nice that the toys had the boldness to sell that angle. Even yes. if it was untrue, based purely on the card and the figure, mm. and then, buying this as a child, you weren't feeling like, oh, this is the supreme leader, he's only ever going to sit in a throne. How exciting could that be? Yeah, you decide for yourself how you want to play with the toys. Exactly. And they're he's totally you. leading the charge in this, which I'm glad the artwork didn't shy away from. They could have just, just as easily put him in a throne. Exactly. You know, that, that's the thing. They could have had him so static and just standing or just standing and pointing his gun. But no, they've got him like Spider-Manning it big time. And another angle uh, that you could take this um, artwork from, pun intended, is that it's kind of a propaganda poster for, for Cobra. You know, this <laughs> is Cobra Commander leaping into battle. You know, this is a Cobra propaganda poster. So it almost it almost makes it, it, it it's almost meta in that regard. You know, it's like it's like here you have an artwork of the figurine. But in the world of G.I. Joe, this could be like the Cobra Commander propaganda poster. And you can imagine it saying, <laughs> leap into battle with Cobra Commander or join me, um, you know, join me as I, you know, crush world tyranny or something stupid, you know, like, mm. you know, nothing will <laughs> and stop. And in many your... respects, the Crimson God Immortal could have also been a propaganda piece. But mm. instead, it seems rather uninspired. You know, they went with a rather basic approach. The art's mm. all good. I got no problem with that, but like, yeah. yeah, man, it's night and day. You could have had a CGI doing crazy stuff with all those weapons, but exactly. just kind of rather tranquilly letting <laughs> missiles fly. He's just like finger gunning. You know, he's like standing there going pew, 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 <laughs> finger gunning. And so that's what it hey, reminds me of every time I see it. Right. Great toy. Um, and, mm. and then something I had to add, because I love how, like, just below Cobra Commander's crotch on the toy packaging, it says, warning, contains small parts, which may present looking <laughs> hazard to children under three, which is quite oh, no. horrible to say. But, I mean, you know, I wonder, I, I sometimes wonder if stuff like that is put there as, like, a joke inside Hasbro. Like, they, they, they knew what they were doing. Remarking on Cobra Commander's maybe perhaps diminutive oh. stature, you know? I don't know. Or that he's a kitty fiddler. Let's make him more villainous. You know, I mean, they could the have they could have switched it out and put the warning at the top uh, right of the card and had you know, yeah. near near his crotch Cobra, Cobra Cannon, Cannon shoots. shoots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, uh, my money is totally on Cobra Commander. Uh, there's so much that's good with this artwork that, and there's so much that isn't quite great about the the CGI artwork of mm. uh, that it, this one has to take it. I, well, I can't see yeah, any. Other. I'm I'm also gonna go with Cobra Commander. I mean, the only thing I kind of shied away from when I was looking at artworks was, can the figure actually realistically do this pose? Like, I mean, and not not to be really boring. I mean, I didn't like really boring poses, but I didn't like poses that felt like they were absolutely impossible. 
for the figure to achieve. Um, we're going to probably be discussing that pretty soon in our next uh, matchup. <laughs> but like, I could kind of imagine myself getting Cobra Commander in this pose. Um, not perfectly, but I could still kind of have him leaping down, and I, I can emulate this pose quite easily. Um, so yeah, I think Cobra Commander, dudes. You know, I was going to say, all it takes is either yojo.com or, or, in my case, I'm going to look up the 3djoes.com uh, because they also like to pose the figure, like the card art, and I want to see which one wins. <laughs> it's a mini <laughs> well, battle. 3 has gotten to 1993 just yet. but uh, Oh, they oof. have. They have. They have. Oh, well done, Carson. Bravo, sir. Yeah, they, they are, geez, they're rocking it, dude. They've even got the lunch boxes now. And they've got some of the sideshow stuff, too. Hey. Uh, the lunch boxes? They got the lunch. I always wanted Barney, the lunch boxes. Don't even joke. Guys, uh, is it time for some ninja on ninja action? Yes. Oh, yeah. This is fascinating. The two ninjas um, that made it into the list are facing each other. Wow. <laughs> totally <Huh>. random. <laughs> We've got Jinzu <laughs> versus Ninja Force Scarlet. And Jinzu nice. is a vehicle driver. He's packaged with my favorite vehicle from the 90s. <laughs> the the Ninja Pile Driver. <sighs> but it is valid to select these uh, artwork because, you know, we started seeing a move away from uh, having having the figure window boxes in the vehicle box mm. uh, and actually having included special artwork, or unique artwork for the special for the included figure alone. Jinzu is one such lucky figure. Or unlucky. No. Hmm. And Ninja Force Scarlet, well, what can be said? I'm glad that the only female figure released in the 90s managed to find its way into this battle. It happened by complete fluke. I think there were like two people out there who selected her. But she's in. As is Jinzu. It's anybody's guess who will win. Ah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul already knows he wants to win. Tell us. Yeah, I know exactly who I want to. I want Storm Shadow to win. Damn it! <laughs> Why Storm well, Shadow? That's the elephant in the room, bro. Because guess what? Chinzu's artwork is literally a reskinning of Storm Shadow Ninja Four's artwork. Just with his arms folded. It's yeah. so poor. <laughs> okay, okay, wise guy. Here we okay. go. I want to get opinions of you guys. Is Scarlet better than Chinzu? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Okay. Is Scarlet better than Storm Shadow Ninja Force? No, that, that's a battle. That is a more exciting battle, I think. <laughs> no, so, sorry to those uh, lovers of Jinzu. I think there might be only one of you. You know oh, who you are. Oh, shit. Are we substituting? Are we substituting? Are we substituting? No. Yes. 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 We make the rules here, Rob. We are the arbiters of destruction. Dest- well, destruction. It, will be, it will be horrifying if Storm Shadow... Now goes on to win the whole damn thing. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be very fair at all. But yes, yeah, Storm Shadow definitely had more popular votes. So we, we, we will piss off fewer people. Yeah. I think Jinzu thing... was just in on a kind of a random honorable mention almost. Well, sorry to anyone who, who did choose him. Um, we're, sorry, Mike. We're re- reverting to the original artwork, as it were. 
Okay, so Storm Shadow Shoot versus first. Scarlet. Oh, that's our mm. resident Kung Fu expert, Paulie. <laughs> what you said, buddy. I... Okay, we go. so uh, I'm going to start with Scarlet, uh, because ladies first. Um, she also and... contains small parts. Whoa. Oh. What's, what's Scarlet not been telling us? Uh, I don't <laughs> know, but she's got a pirate musket on her leg, which is quite crazy. Um, wow. So my only... But like my only actual issue with this artwork is that she's holding the included uh, ninja claws wrong. She's like, <laughs> like she's, I mean, she knows how to use these things. Why is she using it as some kind of three pronged dagger? Um, and that 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 does confuse me. That is a bit interesting. I also don't know why she's jumping with nunchaku uh, when she could have easily just carried a knife or something in that hand. It would have just been a more dynamic pose. Uh, it would have been a lot more interesting. I mean, now she just got nunchucks. She's like, yay, I'm jumping with nunchucks and the claw the wrong way. So it unfortunately betrays Scarlet as a character, but damn, i got to say, that face is awesome. And I think it is safe to say that as, uh, within the vintage cards, she has the most well-painted or most well-rendered female face in the G.I. Joe card backs. Um, she's she's also showing to... a lot of skin, man. Yeah, she totally is. She's she's like, totally nineties-ing it. <laughs> I'd say that corset. I mean, that's even sexier than than Zartan. Uh, well, sexier than Zartan, sure. Sexier than than Zorana's uh, getup. I mean, she's she's showing off a lot of skin. Mm-hmm. And she's got that uh, grenade sexily dangling from her décolletage. <laughs> I mean, that's she's ready. Yeah, to... man. Kill and competition. Boobs. And I dig that she's muscular. I dig that the artist did not shy away from portraying a muscular woman because mm. Scarlet has to be tough to do these things. And I mean, her, in my opinion, her musculature is not unattractive. It's natural and it's okay. Maybe her ribs are a little bit hectic, but like, I'm not going to like go over that because this was the nineties and every superhero woman in the nineties looked like she was pulled out of Victoria's catalog, Victoria's mm. secret catalog. And Whereas Scarlet looks like an Olympic athlete, you know, c- competing in Taekwondo or Karate or, you know, she yeah, looks like yeah. a fighter. Ronda Rousey, whatever, MMA, who, oh, and yes. these, these names, I don't know. And I also love her pose. I love her like jumping, like the pose that they gave her because that's like, to me, it just, it feels like it's sort of about to be a flying kick because that's when you jump and you do a flying kick, uh, like a, you know, jumping straightforward flying kick i'm trying to think of a, a cool name but um it just looks like she's about to like extend that one leg and just kick somebody straight in the face so that's why like her arms being up it's like she's jumped up to get that height and she's pointing her hands at what she's going to kick at and then she's going to let her body follow through and it and it, it's got that and then if you click to storm shadow immediately afterward he's doing what she's about to do yes. <laughs> so they're like which brings me to storm shadow uh, Storm Shadow is a really, really cool artwork. This is a gripping piece of art on this card. I mean, it's one of my, it, it was one of the submissions that I originally put in. Um, I think it's a great representation. I think Storm Shadow is one of those Joes that's just really lucky in that pretty much all of his card art representations have been top notch. It's a pity in this case that they didn't make him smaller so we could actually have more of him showing. Ah, uh, but the size of him on the card adds prominence so to the striking. important parts. Yeah, exactly. the intensity in the eyes, man. And he's looking at the toy. It's like when you have the card in your hand, he's like looking at the toy. He's like, this is me. 
He's looking at someone who is very soon going to shuffle off the mortal coil. coil. I mean, that mm. is the look of a man who he does not take killing lightly. You know, the no. older he's getting, and and by this stage, you know, we can assume Storm Shadow is like grandmaster. I mean, he's proper, like you know, he's he's not a young assassin anymore. He's He's had his share of battles and has had a lot of blood on his hands. And his whole kind of philosopher, warrior nature means that he doesn't take killing very lightly. But no. here he is leaping to the attack with two edged weapons. The one has like two, three edges on it alone. Um, he's going to deal some death. Like, th- this is the intensity of a man who is about to kill someone... Like face to face, and he's not shooting a missile into another time zone. It's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. right now, a split second from now, someone's gonna meet destiny. Yeah, he doesn't have like all these guns shooting. <laughs> and I'm nice. grateful that the, there's so much focus on those eyes. I would say this is Storm Shadow's finest vintage artwork. Mm. Put that I in your pipe and smoke it, everyone who hates the hot pink. <laughs> <laughs> and and the hot pink actually makes it cooler. It makes it stand out more. It actually does. It makes it pop more. I, I, I'm not going to lie. The hot pink did it for me when I was a kid. When I looked at this card art, it does it for me now. And mm-hmm. and I'm going to call it because... And I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> but it's Whoa. kind of a draw for me. I cannot... Whoa. I'm struggling to find something about... I'm, I'm struggling to find something on either artwork that, that makes it less than the other. You, you beat um, me to a call that was going to be my decision. <laughs> yes. Well, then let me enter this into consideration, boys. Is Scarlet wielding those nunchaku correctly? No. Is that not a rather reckless okay. way to be jumping with them flailing like that? You know, I watched Way of the Dragon the other night. When Bruce Lee's not using them, he's got them kind of tucked away. I mean, mm. there's that one sequence where he's just got it hanging, but that's really just to taunt his enemies. Mm-hmm. When he means business. Yeah, because you don't want to hit yourself with those things. I think. Well, that's the gag in Way of the Dragon. <laughs> you know, he drops one uh, set because he was wielding two. But mm. The bad guy, the sort of chief bad guy of the sort of the thugs, picks it up <laughs> and like thinks, "Yeah, I've just watched you take out all these guys with one of these things. I'm gonna use it on you." And he winds up beating himself over the head. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well then, I think I think on based on that at least. I mean, yes, both artworks are absolutely amazing, but which artwork actually depicts a proper ninja master? I suppose, if if if, if you will. Yeah, which, I mean, which one is actually end, more safety in, conscious? <laughs> yeah, safety conscious and more accurate to who the character is. Because I mean, I feel like the person who drew Scarlet kind of let her down because they maybe didn't know anything about weapons so much. Um, they know how to make amazing poses, draw beautiful women. Um, but at least with Storm Shadow, like he's holding those weapons like the way that I, I assume you would you would hold them. So if if I had to be pushed to choose, I would probably choose Storm Shadow over Scarlet just because of the technicalities of the artist um, yeah. not knowing what to do with the weapons. Yeah, and both you and Steven have uh, have actually raised a very good point there, because now that I look at Scarlet, I kind of feel like she's aggressively going to plow some soil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think also when I first saw that, I was like, that's so wrong. Mm. It's so, so wrong. Like, I know it's supposed to attach to her hand. Yeah. What were they it thinking? does bug you. 
Because when you don't, well, when you it should be a sword, it, guys. Yeah. But instead, it's salad tongs. She's like, <laughs> I'm gonna get that Caesar salad. <laughs> exactly. Can it's I like serve a... you some lettuce leaves? <laughs> it's a three-pronged sword or like dagger. It just looks weird the way she's Look, holding it. Look, if it was it. a dagger or a sword, we wouldn't have a problem. Unfortunately, yeah, the weapons but it's not. are. Look, at this stage of the game, with artwork that are so beautiful. You know, in an era where the figures were often anything but. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get into consideration of Ninja Force Scarlet's action figure. But <laughs> the artwork didn't let down the side. And in order to pick a winner, we really just have to nitpick, you know, these small mm. detractors. Yeah, and no, it yeah, is. Scarlet's weapons are detractors, whereas Storm Shadow's weapons are bang on. Yeah. Pointy, deadly, nicely handled. And also, if, I mean, if I was jumping and doing a kick like that with a weapon in my hand, and I have done that before, uh, I would also hold them in a similar manner to what he's holding them in, so that when I land, I don't stab myself in the face or cut my legs. It's weird. <laughs> like, Scarlet, um, the way, yeah, Scarlet's just, she is going to bash herself with those nunchaku. It's just, it's going to smack her. Yeah, She's going to come down, down so. and the centrifugal force is going to come and it's going to wallop her on the back of the head or on the, in the ribs or something. And those, those are like not, family-friendly nunchaku. They got the little bobs at the end. It's like a little <laughs> spiky bit. You know? yeah. Well, then, it sounds like Storm Shadow, the, uh, who, you know, kind of, like, slipped into this competition. Uh, oh, dear. Like a ninja. Like a ninja. Oh, well, it had to happen, guys. It's, yeah. What a <laughs> anyway. Time for a quick recap. In the battle between Drop Zone and Night Creeper, Night Creeper got a clean sweep with Rob, Steve, and Paul all voting for it. Between Red Star and Incinerators, Steve went with Red Star, Paul and Rob burned the Disco Inferno with Incinerator, and so Incinerator <laughs> proceeds to the quarterfinals. Between Road Pig, Supersonic Fighters, and Freefall, all three of us decided Road Pig had the grit and determination and the bad breath to outdo his uh, gagging paratrooper. Mm. And to carry that nice computer. <laughs> Rock and Roll Supersonic Fighters won the battle against Mace. Rob managed to flip-flop and uh, Mace was eliminated by the Malibu surfer iron-pumping bassist. Mace was braced. Crimson God Immortal bowed out to the supreme commander of Cobra. Trademark. Because all three of us selected Battle Call Cobra Commander from 1993 and all three of us selected Storm Shadow over Scarlet after Storm Shadow unexpectedly entered this tournament instead of his <laughs> art brother, I should say, Shinzu. 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 Quarterfinals, boys. Lightning round. You ready? Yeah. Ready. Rob, Night Creeper, Incinerator. Night Creeper, Incinerator. I'm going to say Night Creeper. Paul, Ooh. Night Creeper, Incinerator. <sighs> Night Creeper. Oh, Incinerator is burned out. Between Road Pig and Rock and Roll, I'm um, going pig. Road, pli- road Pig. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh okay oh. then. What would you have said, Rob? Um, Rock and Roll and Road Pig, I probably would have said Road Pig as well. Because, I mean, my, no. I, I had issues with, with Rock and Roll. Mm. Okay. Cobra Commander, Storm Shadow. Oh, shit. Oh, fudge. Uh, I say Storm Shadow. Ah, oh, Storm Shadow. 
Storm Shadow for me as well. Wow, okay, so we've got four unanimous picks in our semis. First semi-final, Night Creeper versus Road Pig. Hmm. I think this is pretty easy, <laughs> for me at least. Oh, then go for it. I'm, yeah, I'm going to keep saying Night Creeper. I just think like Night Creeper is the best example of like an old school artwork and just represents him so well, you know. And Road yeah, Pig I... definitely, he's screaming his shit off and he looks awesome. But the superior artwork, I think, is Night Creeper's. Yeah, the Night Creeper definitely feels like a callback to the I 80s. Like in a... fact, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this card art was done in the 80s for a figure that mm -hmm. was meant to be released in the 80s and then was released in 1990. So, well, yeah. you know, you, you, you have to concede that any figure released in 1990, the artwork was probably completed and done in yeah, the before the turn of the decade. Mm. So, yeah, 1990 is a bit of an anomaly in this kind of contest. It's the twilight right, yes. of the 80s, yeah. I have yeah. to agree with you because the Night Creeper just doesn't have the burden of the gimmick. You yeah. Know, at this stage, mm. I can't ignore... What did you call it, Paul? A crap yeah. book pro. <laughs> 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 uh, look, I do like the fact that it's a co Cobra computer that has a screen and a Cobra sigil, like, sculpted into it. Mm. But still, it's, it, it's, it's a dio piece that has one color... And it's supposed to be worn like a backpack. It's mm. never going to work. You know, the most successful of these were the vehicle ones. You know, mm. like Major Blood had a rocket pack and Falcon had a heli pack. But mm. those still weren't great. They were still just one color and dumpy in their design mm. because they had to hold batteries. Anyways, so as much as I love Road Pig's artwork, it's also very diminutive on the card. And mm. he's always going to be weighed down by that stupid backpack. So <laughs> it's going to be a sweeping victory for Night Creeper. Definitely. I mean, I would have said Night Creeper as well. I mean, I'm sure I did subconsciously or, you know, psychically. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, oh, between I those two, soon? Night Creeper. Jeez. We heard you. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Uh, I'm, uh, I think you read the room. <laughs> Sorry, Gary Coleman. Which mm. leaves us our second semi-final. Uh, and once again, I think I might just read the room and say, wait a minute. Wait, there is none. We only had the three. We had three. We have Night Creeper, Road Pig, and Storm Shadow. We had a selection of 12. Damn. Yes, we should have had a selection of should have gone with of... 16. <laughs> but then we'd be here all night. Sifting, oh, sifting that's true. Stuff. But now it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Because it's the 90s. Because of Turtle Mania, I think it is so fitting that we have a ninja battle that bookends us. <laughs> Beginning of the end, as it were. You know, the Cobra ninja answer to all the Joe ninjas that had come before. Yeah. He finally got his debut in 1990. Versus the ultimate expression of Storm Shadow, a.k.a. Zomba Pants Storm Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Zumba pants? What are they? Zoom? Zumba, what did Kucha used to call it? I don't know what. The, I mean, they called. Uh, it's a ninja tubby. So. Yeah, but Kucha used to call him. I don't know something with the Z. Oh, where you at, Kuj? Well, anyways, <laughs> workout pants, storm shadow. There you go. Nice. Yeah, guys. I mean, oh. like, if I had to like vote and I had to tell you what my criteria was, 
Okay. If uh, for choosing Storm Shadow, it would be which one of these two would I like as a poster on my wall as a kid in the 90s? Then I would love to have that Storm Shadow as a poster, as a uh, you know uh, on a poster and whatever as a kid in the 90s. I mean that would be like I mean how 90s is that Storm Shadow actually? I mean that that could go on a skateboard. <coughs> you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> totally awesome. with the hot pink. With yeah, hot pink. I think definitely. I mean, for me. I really enjoy the Night Creeper, but like 1990 was kind of like a transition period, I think, for the G.I. Joe alone from the 80s to the 90s. Like there's still very much this holdout of the 80s, you know, like the way they kind of design the characters. So I think only, it only really came into full swing by like 91, 92, 93 was like, that's proper 90s. Like, you know, that's where we had all of these crazy subsets. Um, Crazy subsets, but still very good art. I mean, I think still across the entire line, there was still a lot of very, very good art. Um, and then as an example of like a toy from the nineties, like, cause if you look at Night Creeper, I can definitely, I, yeah, as we've said, it must have been designed in the eighties. I can still feel like this is a character from the eighties. And for him to win, it'd be kind of like a disservice to the nineties. <laughs> oh, Rob, don't make that one of your criteria, buddy. Oh, Come on, it, like I, we, we are, we're not gonna, yeah, no, we're not gonna make it unfair for Night Creeper to win this because he was sold in the nineties. You could okay, not get well, this figure in the eighties. Well, if if I had to choose, okay, well, I am choosing. I, I actually do choose the Night Creeper. Um, oh. I really do enjoy the Storm Shadow, but like, like just overall, like Night Creeper, he's fully on his card. He's right there. He's got a bit of background. He's standing on, so he's not standing on nothing. Um, mm. you have all of the accessories. It all looks very good. It, and the artwork itself, I think as Paul said earlier, actually adds a lot more understanding of what the figure is, you know, like the fabrics. You, you understand, like, you know, what, the, what those metal pieces on his chest are. Um, and also the visor. You kind of have an idea of what that is. Um, so yeah, for me personally, I think the Night Creeper artwork is the better artwork. Yeah, I'm also so just... that's what I'm choosing. I'm also just really thankful that on the Storm Shadow artwork, he's not doing the screaming whirlwind in the artwork. Oh, uh, right. yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was an like issue it's a silly well. thing. Yeah. I had it's like, a lot of these. Often they would pose the ninja guys with kicks and stuff, but like their special thing do. was, yeah, they couldn't do them, but also the special thing was a, was a hand thing. Yeah. The majority of them had hand things, but like there was never uh, brought across in the artwork. Mm. Um, no, I fully... It's like here, yes, he's doing the kick, but like, he, you know, his hand movement, you think, would work with what he's holding, you know? Yeah. Like after he's kicked the dude, he'll, you hit the ground and he like hand, he whirls you. And he screams. Hand. Okay, so I, I choose Night Creeper. Uh, Paul chooses Storm Shadow because he wants a poster of this on his wall back in the 90s. And that leaves Steven to choose our, um, our, our dark knight or our night creeper. <laughs> wow. Yeah, dude. I mean, we couldn't have scripted this, honestly. A ninja battle? <laughs> Come on. Um, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Jeez. We got white ranger versus purple ranger. <laughs> um, gosh. Tommy. Well, it's hard to fault either of them. Yeah, no, you that's know, true. If I divorce the design elements, which, like, yeah, I don't mind the hot pink, but would I have preferred an explosion, even a digital one? Yes. I think we would all answer yes to that. Yeah. I want to just do this on character, 
artwork alone. And it's with some irony that I selected the Night Creeper artwork for the post that announced the, the sort of the, hey, get your submissions in for your favorite picks of 90s card artwork. Because, well, I, I certainly hope I didn't skew the votes by making that the kind of the picture that attracted commentators. Mm. Because it was a popular vote. It came up three times in the draw. And I, you know, obviously excluded the the, the second two from the list. You know, you're already there, Night Creeper. We don't need any more of you. <laughs> Storm Shadow was obviously a more coveted action figure for me. An action figure that had legendary status. An action figure that I had very briefly as a child and lost it devastatingly. It seemed all the best ones of that era disappeared. The same happened to Slice. The same happened to Hit and Run. You know, my favorite guys were the ones that always came with me wherever I went. And being a sometimes forgetful child, they didn't come back. Storm Shadow was such a figure. Night Creeper kind of found its way into my collection. I think it was in a trade. So I guess Mm -hmm. I never attached as much value to him. He was just something that I always had, never particularly fond of. He was like not part of the ninja force, but he was a ninja anyway. So I wasn't seeing him in the comics that I was reading at the time. He wasn't Slice or Dice, one of the red ninjas, but the G.I. Joe ninja force were fighting up against. He was kind of like this erroneous other thing, um, which kind of set him apart and never really gave him a rooted place in my play. Ah, gosh, but the art is just so damn good. And I really <laughs> like the fact that the art exposes the things that the figure couldn't do, like the fact that he's wearing a a short sleeve over a long sleeve. Mm. You know, he's got more modernized kind of ninja mm. uniform, like these skin-tight camo pants, the leg bindings, obviously for very soft feet and a very noiseless stalking. That crossbow, I'll never quite understand how it fires. <laughs> I assume just the central arrow fires and the others are ammunition. But how are they balanced? Um, and the fact that they are shorter than the, 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 the primary central arrow. One. I mean, like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm overthinking it. They're, they're questions that I have to ask of it at this point. The sword is not accurate to the sword that he comes with, whereas Storm Shadows are accurate down to the color even. Okay, there are some embellishments, like the fluff and the different colors added. Mm. But, you know, paint applications on weapons were unusual and very infrequent. Mm. I like the soft goods are displayed on Storm Shadows um, artwork. Rob, you say that you enjoy the fact that there is some terrain on Night Creepers. Well, Storm Shadow don't need no terrain. He's mid in the light. sky. <laughs> exactly. And as I said in the quarterfinals, it's the eyes, man. The intensity of a, of a deadly, deadly practitioner who's about to administer death on someone who surely deserved it. Because mm. Storm Shadow doesn't kill lightly. The eel effect. So... Yeah. On its dynamics alone, and Paul, you said it, buddy, like, this is an artwork that you could put on your skateboard. Mm. And, hey, buddies, this is the ultimate 90s card art battle. And That's that, what I said. my friend, sounds like a winning criterion to me. 
If you nice. can put it on your skateboard and rock <laughs> it down the street, bodacious, hit the half pipe, baby. It's a winner. No, well, guys, rock a length one. Sounds like uh, Tingzu won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I not say we'd ruffle some feathers if uh, Absolutely. our... Our, our, our inserted contender um, made it. <laughs> Look, guys, I hope I hope you're down with our rationals. At the end of the day, who's the real winner? We are. Absolutely. Because we had all this amazing art to consider. This has been a wonderful journey into, you know, perhaps the, the less celebrated era of G.I. Joe, but nevertheless an era of G.I. Joe that deserves celebrating. So this has been jubilant. <laughs> of the of the original line because i think a lot of people kind of stop you know 89 and they're like okay don't worry about that stuff but i think the 90s figures do mean a lot to a lot of people especially to us i suppose you could call us the younger gi joe generation <laughs> the guys who kind so of came the 36 in. year old whoa <laughs> well you know what i mean you know like we, we well the, i mean we the 90s going toys to are the, the toys 90s, so, yeah you know yeah. The, the 90s toys were the toys that we were more likely to have on the shelves and, and get and play with. So, I mean, I think it's cool that we actually got a chance to kind of go over it and say, hey, yeah, there's some there's some good stuff here. Um, I'm what what I'm really looking forward to next um, when we do get around to it is the uh, new sculpt era card art battles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Atomic stomp. <laughs> but on the way out, boys, uh, I must say this. Voyage of Discovery into the 90s card arts uh, did yield its fair share of, like, rather awkwardly posed characters. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I tasked the, the other lads to come up with their favorite or least favorite or most awkward looking card arts. Um, gentlemen? My goodness. Show me yours and I'll show you mine. Okay, well, I'm... I'm going to shoot with one. It's crazy, and it might not be that obvious, but I love Mirage's card art for exactly that. It's super... It's like it's like he's like the blue guy from Contra, so he's like, gosh! I mean, I love the artwork, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I just, but he looks so awkward. He just He's so intense, and, and just... I don't know. I, I don't know if he's going forward or backwards or whatever, but that always seemed, like, super uncomfortable. Um, yeah, but, that's... But, yeah, it's a bit mad. Yeah, but my number one hit has got to be, and I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners picked up on it, but it had to, it has to be free fall. Free fall. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, if you like it. Jeez. Um, my choice is actually one that's used on two different file cards, and they're basically running the opposite directions. I don't know somehow they just, the guy just decided to use the same poses. Um, but it is Sonic Fighters Daltone and Sonic Fighters Law. Mm. They're basically both running away from the fight and shooting over their shoulders. And the one little leg is up in the air, and the I don't know, Law more so than Daltone, because Law is actually running off the card, while Daltone is running into the card. So with, with Law, it's more obvious, but like he's like, oh, I gotta run away from this fight. Oh. Man, the Joes aren't <laughs> always advancing. And uh, it's, once again, our buddy Kirk Bozigian. Yes. Uh, this was actually one of JD's picks, I'll have you know. A uh, friend of the Z-dub-Z. show, JD, onesie. Um, and, yeah, dude, well, it's, as, Kirk's been working out. Look at that bicep. He looks amazing. Serious but pipes. As we said before, 
and we always say, you know, like these are just our personal preferences. Um, if you like the stuff, go ahead and like it. We don't like it you know, for whatever reasons, and we think it's funny for whatever reasons. But enjoy it if you enjoy it. Um, but for me, this was just the oddest. It's just so odd. Like, I'm not used to G.I. Joe running away from the battle. Well, at least he's in motion. I mean, it's always an interesting decision to have the character firing back over themselves. And it's something that I think started happening more and more in the 90s because I think the artists had kind of exhausted the the pose pool, Mm. as it were, of of like forward facing. So they were like, let's dabble with this rear facing uh, positioning. And no one does it, in my mind, more awkwardly than Blastoff from the Mega Marines. Okay, uh-huh. because Blastoff isn't in motion. He is feet firmly planted on the ground, being photographed from behind. So it's like he is showing off his bootay. You know, it's a <laughs> fit little number. He's, he's wearing a wetsuit, you know. That definitely does, like, you know, tighten everything up. It was awful. He's like twisted his entire body. (laughs) He is going to need to visit the chiropractor immediately after (laughs) discharging this weapon because, my God, if that is, I mean, I'm pretty sure in instructions, (laughs) you are not meant to fire in that position. You're meant to brace yourself properly. He is like completely twisted around. He like, he's doing like an owl maneuver. He's effectively like twisted himself 180 degrees. So he's looking out of his backside. And to make matters worse, he's got a puny little, like, submachine gun, which is so undersized. I mean, like... He's not even firing. It's a, a scorpion he's holding pistol. It. He's oh, holding geez. it. It's, but, it's I awful. Mean, like, I just think that the pose itself is so uncomfortable to be firing that weapon in. Mm. <laughs> like, if you saw this as a child, what went through your mind? Yeah, I know man. such a child who bought Blastoff. Eh. Not me. <laughs> Someone who I inherited Blastoff from. And I'd be curious to ask him if, if card art was ever a consideration. In defense of Sonic Fighter's dial tone, though, there is something very Sylvester Stallone about that pose, and it reminds me of Demolition Man every time I see it. Yeah, it does, but like with his leg up with that, though. Like if his leg was yeah. down, yes, but like he's like, hey, I'm running. Yeah, but it, I don't know, just something about it, it just it reminds me of, especially of, of the video game, just the way that the animation was done in the video game. Now, this is a me thing. This is not like, uh, I'm not saying it's handled well here, because both him and Law look very pretty the way they run. Um, <laughs> they, they're actually not even running. It's like they're prancing, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, the blast of dude, <laughs> much intensity. It looks like really you're busting him, like like he he wanted to go and pee or something, and then he heard something in the forest, and he's like, ah. <laughs> well, have you ever fought it in your wetsuit? <laughs> That's what we call a blast off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, dial tone definitely does evoke uh, Sly in um, uh, the Unbreakables, the yes. Unbreakables. What are they called? Yeah, expendables. Expendables. Yeah, no, got a very demolition man vibe for me, definitely. But an, an artwork that I really enjoyed that was on my top ten, um, and I enjoyed it because it was very unique. Um, so this is actually something I liked. Was Stalker? I think from 1990 something. Um, well, obviously. Uh, <laughs> um, no, not that one. It was. Oh. Uh, uh, 
one second. Oh, Battlecore. Battlecore. Yes, 1993 one. Where oh. he is very much completely facing away from you. Um, but the pose is pretty is pretty cool. But like it was to me it was very unique because he's not facing us. Mm. He got some votes. Oh cool. Well I'm glad because I thought he was very different because it's one of the only card arts I saw where the guy was he's not even looking at you. He's firing off, you know, into the distance somewhere else. And I kinda like that. I mean the posing is is, is fairly good as well. Scratch Maybe. that, he's from nineteen ninety four. It's a ninety four. Oh okay. Crazy. I, I had him on my top list, did I? Oh, no, I didn't. He was part of my top... Probably part of your considerations or something, yeah. Yeah. No, that is a cool artwork. Um, it's just a pity about the card backs in, in this <laughs> in this part of this uh, the line. Like, the artwork is cool, but it's just the card back just feels so empty. It almost feels like a generic... Like a G.I. Yeah, Joe, not, uh, it, it looks a lot. And yet, unique artwork and very prominent artwork. You effectively got, you know, unblemished, unbroken art. Mm. It's it you know provided you removed the bubble carefully enough, nice you could thing. have complete artwork. Yeah, mm. and kind of drip quite... off the card. Mm. Though this is an era that was completely dead to us. I mean, we didn't get it out here. So yeah, this is kind of like unearthing it after the fact. One of the other figures that I'm like uh, sad didn't make it into this battle was. Actually, I'm actually surprised none of the talking battle commanders made it. Um, but with, uh, especially like Hawk and Stalker, that artwork of Hawk is awesome. I think it's such a great artwork. I love the expression on his face. I remember as a kid, I used to learn how to paint by trying to copy that artwork. Um, you know, like, and I've loved it. That, I don't know, it just, it just spoke to me. That and, and both that and Stalker, but more, more the Hawk. Just because I think the intensity in his face is pulled off better. Um, and also, to be honest, when I was a kid, uh, yeah, jeez. I mean, just to try and figure out how to do those colors is one thing. I mean, Stalker well, was a whole different ball game for my for my, my artistic brain at that time. Well, um, before we completely leave this uh, this topic, I just wanted to mention, like, just, just briefly, is um, the, the the Space Force. What were they called again? Oh, uh, Star Brigade. Oh, Star Brigade. The Star Brigade <laughs> artworks were all absolutely amazing. I thought it generally, but my biggest problem with them is that they kind of split the body in half. So like it ended mm. at the bubble where all of the hundreds of thousands of weapons were kept. Um, <laughs> like those are all very good. Like I think if they were full body versions of those artworks, I would definitely have had them on my list. Oh, you're talking about the armor guys. Yes, the mm. armored guys. Yeah. Their mm. artworks are so good. I mean, yes, the other guys, I think they kind of repeated the art a lot. In, you know, kind of like the, the, the non-armored figures, but the armored figures artworks are all very, very good. Like, I just wish there was a full body version of all of them. Adam Riches made me aware of the second series of Star Brigade guys from 94, who got, as with the Battlecore guys of the same year, full card arts. Like, mm. you could see the entire character. Those are worth checking out if you haven't already. But, um, yeah, definitely, I, I mean, an honorable mention for me is that generic, you know, 1993 um, Star Brigade artwork mm. of Roadblock sort of falling backwards through space while an Astro Viper advances on him firing. Oh, that is a cool artwork. Something yeah. very, like, 2000 AD uh, <laughs> feeling about that. You know, it, 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 it built excitement in me in spite of the fact that you weren't actually getting unique card arts because it depicted a battle sequence. 
Yeah. And that's sometimes, you know, you've got opponents dueling it out in this very high stakes environment. Like space is unforgiving. We know this. Space combat is mind blowing. You know, actual practical space combat. Like, yeah, it's why things like Star Wars, Star Trek, that's pure fantasy. Like actual space combat, it's over in seconds. Yeah. Less yeah. split seconds. No, One that's... side fires their nukes, the other side fires their nukes, and that's, that's it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, and, and in this line, I mean, for myself personally, I picked up Target and the Astro Viper and Countdown. Countdown I picked up because I was like, wow, it's Countdown and Astro Viper. It's the I force think of it's... red, hey, white, wow. and blue. And I think it's like I think Captain Astro America Viper. goes to space, right? Yeah, right, exactly. But I mean, I was just happy it was Countdown because I had such great memories of that toy as a kid and I, I hated that I'd lost it or that something had happened to it. But um, I think the Astro Viper on that card art is what motivated my purchase of the Astro Viper, and I bought a Target because it's a Target. And I remember ignoring the rest. I think I think the only other one that we saw or that I saw here on shelves other than those three was Roadblock. I don't recall ever seeing Ozone or Payload. Um, we got all the Ozones and Payloads. Oh, balls. Because <laughs> I really wanted a Payload. <laughs> because I, I just always thought the helmet was cool. That helmet always reminds me of Alien. Um, that, that payload, uh, payload spacesuit always reminds me of Alien. But just to jump in with the Star Brigade stuff, I, I would like to echo Rob's sentiments there. I, I love those artworks as well. Uh, Robo Joe. <laughs> but no, but Destro, Destro is so cool. And, and mm. rock and roll always stuck with me. And I kind of dig that, like, if you, I, I don't, maybe it's just me, but rock and roll looks older. So it mm. kind of seems like he's more seasoned, like a more grizzled, you know, veteran. Of the, of the Cobra Joe Wars. And, well, uh, that comes across. I'd agree with you, except rock and roll in his previous sculpt, you know, the 8991 sculpt, he also had quite deep crow's feet. Mm. It was like mm. a cool recurring thing with rock and roll that like, this guy, he didn't take very good care of his skin, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got some deep, deep wrinkles and it's not necessarily because of age. It's, just negligence, just like, you know, he's, he's out in the sun. He don't give no fucks. He yeah. doesn't moisturize. Pish. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real soldier. What's, what's beard oil? Can I clean my M60 with it? You know, yeah. <laughs> Cute. But I think that's yeah. a wrap on 136, boys. Uh, anybody got any closing remarks? I think mm. I've, I've remarked quite a bit. I think the 90s artworks were good overall. And yeah, I'm glad we had a look at them. I hope Finally. Carson Metaxas, um, yes, you, you sexy man, you, I hope you're listening to this episode and I would love it. If, I'd love to see 3D Joes do some of these, uh, artworks as posters. Um, you know, you've got a winner with the storm shadow. If only I can get it here, <laughs> but, uh, I'd love to see some of that. Stuff. And be sure to make some stickers, you know, skateboard decals. Damn right. And you know what I would love, like, and, and I'm sure, I don't know if Steve feels the same way, but I, I, I imagine you do. I would love a full version of the artwork used for G.I. Joe, the Atlantis Factor video game. That artwork, I love that artwork. I, I would love to have a poster-sized version of that, like a great print, an art print of that. Absolutely love it. Um, so... If there's anybody out there who has access to this or has done so or is 3D Joe's, hopefully 3D Joe's is doing it or something, I would definitely buy one of those. That's on my wish list for G.I. Joe memorabilia, most certainly. Mm. Mm. 
that was something I'd like to say in closing, just because, I mean, the Atlantis Factor video game art is essentially 90s artwork, and it was done by the same artist, so. On the way out for me, Blazing Sand Part 3 will drop in March. I'm going to stagger them as a once-a-month release. That way, I'll still be releasing them when I get back from tour. Woohoo! Uh, I've decided to also continue the plotline from the sort of once-off off-the-cuff impromptu video that I shot and while camping. Blood in the Water. Blood in the Water. Yep, cool. there will be a part two. It may be a part three and four. We'll see uh, how I stretch the story out. They will be shorter, <laughs> so three to four minutes in length. But, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely find out what happens to Rikondo and Major Blood. There will also be other releases. I mean, it's nice to also get back to the old review game. I shot off two reviews before Blowing Town, and they will be coming out piecemeal, perhaps once every fortnight. There'll be a, something new on the G.I. Joe Bird YouTube channel. But it's just really nice to get back to where it all began, podcasting with my buddies. So yeah. thank you for joining me on this little, little jaunt, boys. It has been very enjoyable. I hope our listeners have enjoyed it too. Uh, I I trust the debate can continue to rage both on Facebook and on Twitter. I don't know, Paul, is there an avenue for it on Instagram? Uh, n- not for the debate side of it, but I can definitely make people oh, well, aware of it happening. <laughs> <laughs> and Bye, perhaps G.I. Joburg will expand into Discord. Is this something you guys are aware of? Is this something that you would appreciate? Let yeah. us know. If you want us to do yeah. Discord, um, yeah, for sure. And it's which a great you... way of connecting. And I'd also like to start finding out which would our listeners prefer, Twitch, if we did a Twitch stream or live streams, which which suits them better, you know. Uh, I mean, live streams are certainly easy for us to do, uh, but uh, we have no idea how to do a Twitch, uh, Twitch stream as it were, but, you know, <laughs> we'll that, that is a consideration. Yeah. For example, it's easier for you to enjoy Twitch, Pardon then you, let Paul. us know. Yeah. Sorry, man, that was just uh, my big, uh, you know, 1800 Yamaha fart. Just Ooh. Yeah. God damn. Well, oh, guys, it's been fun. I've had a lot of fun today. It's been hot. So hot. It's been so hot. Up here in Joburg too, bro. Oh, nice. you mean on this podcast? Hell yeah. Oh, on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> Incinerator be burning up. Catch you guys next Thank time. Yeah, stay funky. Awesome, bros. <laughs> <laughs> Cowabunga!